welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And this episode is brought to you by my Bliss Habit e-course. That is at theblisshabit.com. And if you have not gone there yet, definitely go check it out. This is a 12-week e-course that you do at your own pace. And it is how you can join an incredible tribe of women who are all bettering themselves. You get over seven hours of video content along with weekly lessons and homework that you get to go through and talk to your tribe about. So you guys, if you want to know all of the foundational secrets that I have literally gone through in order to become and bust through all of my different fears and plateaus, I put it all in one place for you. So if you want to join your tribe, go to theblisshabit.com. And I'm so excited for you guys to meet my amazing guest today. I feel so blessed to have JJ Virgin on the podcast. She's a celebrity nutrition and fitness expert, and she teaches clients how to lose weight and master their mindset so they can lead a bigger, better life. She is the author of four New York Times bestsellers, The Virgin Diet, The Virgin Diet Cookbook, JJ Virgin Sugar Impact Diet, and JJ Virgin Sugar Impact Diet Cookbook. And her latest memoir, Miracle Mindset, is a mother, her son, and life's hardest lessons explored. It's the powerful lessons in strength and positivity that she's learned after her son, Grant, was the victim of a brutal hit-and-run accident. And you guys, we talk all about this. It is such an incredible story. And you're also going to hear on here what inspired her to write a book about having a miracle mindset. What is it? How do you develop it for yourself? How does your mind mindset affect your health and what she says to people who are going through a really tough time. You are not going to want to miss this. I absolutely loved this conversation with this incredible woman. There are so many awesome nuggets throughout. So let's get started. JJ, I'm so incredibly excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Honored to be here. So for people who may not know about you, which I have no idea how that's possible, but for people who don't know about you, could you share a little bit about your story and what made you so passionate now about everything that you do in health and wellness and mindset? Yeah, gosh, it's amazing. Okay, so here's, here is kind of the crazy thing. I was actually at an event, a speaking training event, right? And this was, this was four and a half years ago. 
And I remember they were talking about a hero's journey and how everyone in life, you know, who's successful and sharing has this hero's journey they go through. And I sat there and it, it is that be careful what you wish for mm-hmm. thing. I thought, God, I got, I got no hero's journey. I don't have anything that exciting, you know. <laughs> and um, the next day, and and this is a couple weeks before the Virgin Diet's getting ready to come out, and I've like just invested everything into this. This is going to be my thing. It's my heart and soul. And it's literally the next day. I I've got two teenage sons, fifteen, sixteen. My sixteen-year-old is crossing the street and is the victim of a hit and run mm. and literally left for dead in the street. Oh my God. It was, it, it was the most insane thing because, you know, we get to the hospital, the first hospital and the doctors tell us, you know, he's got to have this special surgery because he's got a torn aorta. that's going to rupture sometime in the next 24 hours, but we can't do it here. But we can't airlift him. He'll never survive an airlift. You know, we're sitting, you know, and even if he survived an airlift, he's not going to survive the next surgery. Even if he did, he'd be so brain damaged, it wouldn't be worth it. And, and we're, we're looking at him and I still think, you know, there, it's interesting when you look at something and realize how many things had to happen in order for, for, you know, success to happen. And my 15 year old son's listening to this doctor and he's a real math geek. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's saying, he says, so like a 0.25% chance he'd make it. And the doctor says, yes, and that sounds about right. Bryce tells me later, he goes, you know, mom, 0.25 is not zero. And he looks at the doc and he goes, so we'll take those odds. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so that's what we did. We just like went for it. And, you know, the day he survived the airlift, he survived that surgery, but he was in a massive coma. He had a massive brain injury, 13 fractures. They didn't think he'd walk. They didn't think he'd talk. And I stood there the next day in the hospital holding three fingers because everything else was like road rash or bandaged or in a cast. And and I said, Grant, you're going to be 110%, honey. This is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. I just need you to fight. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, you know, one of the key lessons from that, so many people are like, how did you do that? And, and there's a success leaves clues. I, I now in retrospect can, can go through and tell people exactly how I managed to get through all that. But one of the key things from the start was asking the right questions. Mm. You know, I feel like I would have gotten a very different outcome if I'd said, okay, how am I going to get my son to survive is very different than how I'm going to get him to be 110%. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to get, you know, how am I going to get to, to get my business to be, to make it versus how am I going to get to be number one in what I do? You know, the best of the best that you'll get different outcomes. Mm-hmm. So what was that point for you where, you know, you can either choose this fork in the road, you can go one way or the other. Was it like a, an instant flip because of how you had, you know, thought prior to this? Or did you really feel yourself being pulled down that road of, you know, thinking that this could be something awful? Or were you immediately, it was just no option? The immediate, the immediate was a complete total freak out. Yeah. Um, absolute unbelievable fear. It's your, the parent's worst nightmare. I always said I could handle anything that went on in my business as long as my kids were okay. So the initial total freak out. In fact, my 15 year old was the one who was basically calming down me and my ex-husband. Oh my gosh. gosh, Yeah. Um, we, yeah, I, the first, I'd say the first 12 hours were like, 
it, it went between going, is this real? Like I remember looking at my son on a gurney and he was so swollen. He had bone sticking through his skin. Half his body was raw from the road rash. Ugh. He had glass and gravel and, and I just went, this couldn't like my brain couldn't compute that that was real. Yeah. Right. It just couldn't compute that that was real. And then after that point, it was sort of like the moonstruck moment. And uh, what actually happened that's so bizarre, you know, is that a girlfriend who had been a client who really, she didn't even know I had kids, uh, she texted me. And this was the next day. I put out an email and an SOS on Facebook of like, you know, I need your support, not your sympathy. I wouldn't have any ideas here, anything in the world of brain injury, like I need your help. And she texted me and she said, and she said, you know, this was very weird, JJ. And she's, she's someone who's kind of more out there. And so she goes, I didn't want to tell you this because I figured you'd think I was just crazy and a woo-woo. Yeah. She goes, but Grant came to me in a dream mm. and he told me that I needed to tell his mom to fight for him mm. and to not worry about him. And, and he, she was like trying to figure out who his mom was and then gets the thing on Facebook and realized, puts it together. And she's telling me this and, and, Hey, 12 hours earlier, I would have thought she was crazy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was kind of like the moonstruck moment of snap out of it. I went, I got to fight for him. And that's when I looked at him, I go, you're going to be 110%. We've got this. And I just went, I can't show him any fear because if I'm in here freaking out, he's going to feel it and he's going to get scared. And he has to know that without a doubt, we've got this mm-hmm. and that we can do this. Mm-hmm. And I can't let him like see any fear here because he's got to fight. And in fact, he told us later, he said, you know, he had gone to the other side. He said, it's really awesome and beautiful there. And he said, the gray man was there asking me if I wanted to live or die. And it was really nice there. And wow. I be there. He goes, but I kept hearing you and hearing you say to fight for it. And so he came back. Oh my gosh. I have chills. That's insane. And just like you know, scanning for that little bit of faith with your friend instead of, you know, especially when you said asking the right questions, it's like searching for that little tiny fleck of faith and just going 110% in on that. That is amazing. So what made you feel like you wanted to share this experience with people? Um, I didn't really want to. (laughs) (laughs) So a very uh, persistent, so my book agent mm-hmm. for the virgin diet and, and the sugar impact diet when we were going she went through this with me like she you know like this whole time the virgin diet's coming out and she was right there being supportive mm-hmm. and then during the sugar impact diet she was pregnant with twins and the doctors told her she needed to let them go she mm-hmm. they had a very specific uh, issue and they wanted to abort them and there was a very specialized surgery and they said, oh, only one will make it. And they, you know, and she just refused to go along with that. She goes, I kept hearing you. Oh my and so I was like, wow, you know, so, so she kept telling me, you have to write this book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everywhere I went, uh, it started making me realize that in what I do in health, that one of the reasons I was able to do what I was able to do with my son and help save his life was because I walked into it in extreme health. And I thought about later and I go, you know, so many people put their health last, especially women, 
right? We put ourselves last. Um, I've seen some women, they don't even make it on their top 10 to do lists. Like they're yes. off, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and I kept thinking, gosh, what if this hadn't been my field and I wasn't healthy? I would have gone, I would have, I would have been crushed by the stress. Mm. And I started to work into my talk about, you know, that we don't have time because for so many people, hey, I live in the world of diets. What do people say about diets? Let's say, I'll start that tomorrow. And I thought, you know, you, you've got to realize that whatever it is, whether it's something as extreme as what I went through, or just, you know, being able to show up bigger in your life and your business, when your relationships, your health often is the thing holding you back. And so, you know, I started talking more about it, but people kept going, well, how did you do that? Like, how did you do that? And it made me really reflect because I've always felt like success leaves clues. And Mm -hmm. I started asking some of my other friends who were successful and I thought, you know, everybody I know who's been successful has gone through crap. It's not that they got hit with the lucky stick and everything was easy. It's actually those people, things were hard, Mm -hmm. but it was how they showed up that made all the difference. Mm -hmm. And so I went through and I go, well, what are those things? And I, I thought, you know, it really comes down to mindset. I was fortunate when I was 30 that I had a mentor who was going to teach me business. And I literally sold my personal training business and moved into her house. And she was a self-made multimillionaire. I was super excited that she was going to teach me stuff. I was like, okay, cool. But the first couple months, I mean, the first thing she had me do was put a rubber band around my wrist mm. And every time I thought of something negative or said something negative, she made me snap it and say, cancel, cancel. Mm -hmm. I go, this is the stupidest thing (laughs) ever. Like, when am I going to learn business? You know, and she said, hey, if you you don't have your mindset dialed, you'll never get further than that. This is business is all mindset. And I remember I was just so annoyed and frustrated. (laughs) I was like, come on, just teach me business. But, you know, over time, it started to sink in. And I, I realize now that all the stuff she taught me in my 30s, I owned it. And when this thing hit, I didn't have to think about it. I just knew to start, you know, looking for the positive, to stay in gratitude, to celebrate wins, to, to kind of lean into the fear, to not wish it was easier, to just kind of get stronger. All this stuff that are the lessons that I built into the Miracle Mindset book that I realized could be learned because I learned them at 30. I saw, and I've taught them to my kids. My kids like grew up with them, which is how my 15 year old was able to look at a doctor and say, Oh no, we'll take those odds. We're overruling you. Like what 15 year old tells a doctor, an authority figure that he's getting overruled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. He's going cancel, cancel from everything you learned. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's not, that's not an option. Oh, that's so amazing. So what uh, role do you feel like your thoughts have on everything that you've done? So now that you've, you know, you've been in the world of diets forever, you've gone through all of this um, trauma in your life. Are you really, what was the percentage do you feel was the tie of your thoughts and your mindset? Oh my gosh. It's, you know, what's interesting is I queried my community last year because in all of my programs, in the Virgin Diet Program, Sugar Impact Program, in all of my life, I've always built mindset in as the starting point. Mm-hmm. I just never really thought about it. It just was, to me, that's what you would start with. You got to know your why and your purpose and go from there. And I asked my community, I said, so if you're not where you want to be in your health, why not? And we had thousands of responses and I fully expected them to say, oh, I couldn't give up my gluten. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I can't quit ice cream, like something like that. And it was the the overarching theme was, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy. And I went, oh my gosh, this is, this is how much, how important is mindset? It's 
everything. It's mm. everything. I would rather take someone with, you know, mediocre talent and, you know, amazing mindset. I know that they will win over, over that person with big talent and a crappy mindset every single time. Mm, so true. So what did you say to them when they say, I don't feel worthy? What are your, what are your answers to that? So, you know, it's interesting. I don't think we can think our way out of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I created a whole program around this. And when I first started, so the way I created it was the way I create all my programs. I do it with a group first. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I was freaked out about this. I'm like, I went and brought up all my imposter syndrome. Who am I to do this? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which, you know, but, but I've reframed fear and that imposter syndrome to be a good thing. I always go, okay, I'm, I'm playing big enough. Like if it's scaring me, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. How this did is you good. do that? How did you reframe it? I love that. Um, I actually, I had this gal who, um, they did a hot seat at a mastermind and I, and this one gal was a hand reader and she was going to do a hot seat and I go, really a hand reader. Okay. (laughs) I'm super left brain. I'm like one of those people, you got to show me the science, blah, blah, blah. Like Mm -hmm. what's the pathway? So I'm like really a hand reader. (laughs) And she didn't really know much about me and she nailed me. And I'm like, Mm All right. And she said, you know, when that imposter stuff shows up for you and it will, she goes, you're supposed to be doing this stuff. You've got this, like she read my, you know, this, I'm supposed to be in the limelight. I'm like, you're supposed to, so you can just keep backing away. It'll just keep showing up Mm. and the volume will just keep getting turned up because, or you can just recognize that for what it is. Say, thank you for your information. I'm going to go bigger and send those, send those like, you know, little talkers on your shoulder out for coffee. So I chose to take that advice and go, when that's showing up, like when you're getting that pit in your stomach, when you've got that fear around it, it actually is a good sign. Mm. See, you know, what if, what if fear was actually a sign that you're stepping up into a bigger platform and you should feel that? What if, if you're feeling nothing, it's because you're playing it safe? Because mm. I'm pretty sure we weren't put here to play it safe, that we're supposed to be here doing big things out in the world, which means it's going to be scary, like when you ask that question, you know, what made you decide to write the book? Like every day as this book is getting done and I did a, I did this documentary on it. Then I did this course and then I had to, I was speaking everywhere. I was like, I'm going to, I'm like ready to, to, to like throttle my agent. I was like, this was the worst idea ever. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> this is absolutely terrifying. It's making me, you know, oh, I just like, yeah. I, I just didn't think about it. But then I went, but then the first people started to say, like uh, one of my first class as a gal was I can't write down I'm worthy so how do I get someone to feel worthy mm-hmm. it, you know that whole fake it till you make it I think the first thing you have to do is start to take some action some little hinges that swing the big doors so the first thing I teach people to do in my program is uh, this what I call their your daily jam it's gratitude appreciation and miracles. So every morning is writing down a couple things, three things that you're grateful for, writing them physically down, sometime during the day, sending a text, telling someone what you appreciate about them. And then at night, thinking about three little wins, three miracles that happened that day. And it frames your day. It totally, you know, you use the appreciation during the day as a pattern interrupt if things start going down. And then the other thing we did was on our Facebook page, we had this gal every day write down, I am worthy. Mm. And boy at first she was like you know I am worthy you could tell she's like you know it's like little tiny I am worthy it's like finally yeah I'm 
I'm sort of worthy. I'm not, it, you know, and, and everybody else started to write, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. And it's crazy how things start to shift. I mean, think what happens in your life. Think about the impact that you can make on other people. If you know fully that you are a bad ass and that you should be out in the world changing lives and helping as many people as possible versus if you feel like, oh, you know what? I don't have much to say. Mm. You know, I mean, like what a waste. I know we weren't put here to do that. Mm. That's amazing because, you know, I love that you just shared that because I don't think anybody, you know, that we wouldn't believe that you feel like you have imposter syndrome. And then especially what it looks like in the beginning, I think of all of the times that I've first taken that first step, it feels like, Oh my God, what if people find out? (laughs) What if if they know that I don't know what I'm doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like it's always like that. Like no matter where we go, right. We're always up leveling. So if we haven't been there, we're always looking around like, does anybody know? (laughs) Does anybody know my secret? (laughs) You know what's so funny? I, you know, when I first started doing television and I was on the Dr. Phil show Mm -hmm. and I was on Dr. Phil show for two years and literally every time I drive up to the studio, I think they were going to tell me, oh, we're not letting you in. (laughs) You turn around, Missy. But what was crazy is we'd have people on the show and these were like well-known experts Mm -hmm. and they did not know stuff. Like I was like, wait a minute, that person's supposed to be this like well-known expert and they actually really don't, they just are really good on TV. Mm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Wow, this is so different than what I thought. Like so. you're kidding me, we don't know it all? Like, you <laughs> don't have to know it all? Isn't that so freeing? Do you yes. have a moment where you just felt free or was that one of them where you're like, oh my God, this is so great? At first I was kind of like, God, I, you know, you, you first you're like, wow. And then you realize this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I was just having a conversation with um, one of my girlfriends because I, I have a talk coming up that I'm really nervous about. And I was like, Christine, do you get nervous like this? You speak all the time. And she's like, oh, my God, I still get so nervous, like to the point where I think I'm going to puke or pass out. And I'm like, shut up. It was the greatest <laughs> thing I had ever heard. I was like... Thank you so much for sharing that because we don't always hear it, right? It's like you can look so polished and things can look so perfect, but honestly, we're all kind of just figuring it out and really focusing and using these tools. Like you probably use your tools every day, right? Oh, heck yeah. Are you kidding? And during the, like, as this book was getting ready to launch, I was like, every morning I'd wake up and like get crippling fear. (laughs) I was like, I was like tapping, tapping, tapping. I'm tapping, you know. That's so, I just interviewed Jessica Ortner before you. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I use her in the, she's, I put her tapping in my, my programs as a bonus. I'm like, okay, oh. I got this. I got this. But, um, and I, I, I love, best place to tap is in the bathtub, by the way, like oh. super um, <laughs> yes, I, I was funny. I was interviewing Ariel Ford, who's who's a, an amazing interview and also a neighbor. And she goes, she goes, can I tell you a secret? I'm like, okay, I was, this is always the best. She goes, I tap in the bathtub. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not alone. And I think that's the big thing that we all want to think of is you always look at this person, think their life is easier. They've got it easy because, and fill in the blanks. It's almost a, so I don't have to, right? And the bottom line is, I don't know one successful person who hasn't gone through amazing amounts of crap to get there, fought, scratched, failed their way there, you know, is still failing. Just the failures get bigger and the, like, you know, blow ups get bigger. As my first mentor said, she goes, you know, as you get bigger, it doesn't get easier. There's just more zeros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's oh. the best. <laughs> yeah, so true. Gosh. So what would you say to people who maybe are in a point where they are in a tough spot and they don't even know the first step and their mind is going crazy on them right now? I think of so many times when I was getting ready to quit. Mm. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I still think of when that woman read my hands because I was actually went to that mastermind meeting to tell them I was going to go get a job. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, okay, clearly this is not my thing. I'm not cut out for this. Of course, I've had one job in my life and I got fired in three months. So that was a joke too. But, you know, here's the thing it, it's like, the the people I know who are the most successful in life, they've had the biggest failures. They've they've like they've been like down below it. I mean, I've been in so much debt and so much like yeah. so I've like had some massive failures. And and I can't think of one time in my life where things were going really well and I became a better person. Mm. Can you? No. Not a no. one. <laughs> Not a one. And you hate it at the time. Like people go, oh, you're building character. And you want to like slap them, honestly. Yeah. But the thing is, you, it's necessary and it sucks and it's painful and it makes it all amazing and worth it. And, you know, it just, you're stronger than you think. People tell me, you know, I don't know how you got through that. I, I could never get through it. I go, you know what, if you'd said to me five years ago, hey, you're going to launch a New York Times bestseller bedside while your son's in a coma and go and like wrangle up everybody in that hospital and save his life. I go, no freaking way. Yeah. And you know what, though? It's like, it's like the tougher it gets, the more you step up and the more successful it'll be because the competition goes away. Mm, yeah. <laughs> So during all of that, were you ever able to find, does there come a time where, you know, amongst the chaos and just the storm that it feels like it, it keeps on coming, were you ever able to find calm in there or how did you, how did you find that? Like, how did you cope on the daily? Oh, I literally coped by that very stuff that I put into place that like really someone's struggling right now. Yeah. Um, because you know, here I was, I'd invested everything into this book. If it didn't go, I was bankrupt. I knew that a lot of what I was going to need to pay for my son was never going to get covered by insurance. Last year, his medical bills out of pocket were $55,000, Wow. you know, and so I knew that this had to go and I have another son too, and I didn't have any choice, but I wasn't going to leave him. And, you know, so I mean, it's like this all had to happen and the only way it was going to keep it happen is if I kept my wits about me and I was totally focused. And so that was my responsibility. And every morning I got up and it was like, yank out the journal. What am I grateful for every morning? What am I grateful for? Because when you're scared to death and you want to get fear shoved out of the way, gratitude shoves it. Gratitude builds resilience. And, you know, every night I'd walk out of that hospital and it was like walking out of a hospital on a Friday night mm -hmm. at nine o'clock at night, it's dark, you're in a crappy neighborhood, you know, and you're going home to a crappy little hotel room. It's, you know, it's like ick, you know, it's mm -hmm. only to know that you're going to get up early next morning and come back and spend your weekend there doing the same thing. And I'd go, what was, what, what happened today? What was good today? What were the wins today? What was a miracle? Like every, like mm -hmm. that, that framework can be used for anything and anybody. And then I went, well, okay, he's going to be 110%. How do I get him there? And I just kept keeping, keeping that fo forward focus. And so we all have that, you know, where I feel like I don't know what to do is when I lose what my big dream and my big purpose is. Mm -hmm. I, 
I looked at this and as we were putting the program together, um, one of my girlfriends who's this amazing messaging person goes, she goes, you know, JJ, this is really mindset CPR. Mm. And the minute she said that, I'm like, ooh, because we realized that, you know, you have to show up with courage. And there's times we just want to go curl up in a ball. But if your purpose is big enough, it makes you push through. And every time that you push through and you, get, you show up with courage and push through with that purpose, you build more resilience. Mm-hmm. And you get to a point now, like, you know, my kids are now 20 and 21. And you cannot really rattle them. You know, I mean, like, what are you going to do to rattle my 15-year-old who told the doctor, we'll take those odds? He's mm-hmm. just... He's just, he's like Yoda, I swear. He's like, you know, he's amazing. So how did you, you know, during, during all of this, there's always those, those, you're just seeking comforts. And I know that you were staying so focused on your mindset and, you know, health of course is such a huge part of being able to keep your brain focused and making sure that you're healthy and taking care of yourself. But man, that is like the last thing that you want to do. I'm sure it was just about seeking, you know, wanting to seek comfort. So how did you maintain your level of health through that? So I don't, um, I, I got out of using food as nurturing, like love, years and years and years ago. It's funny. I remember early on, I went to a Janine Roth workshop, like she was one of my heroes. And the other day, I got the opportunity to kind of like walk her through some book models. And I'm like, I'm talking to my hero. You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh. you know, but um, I, I think that one of the key things we need to learn are all the different ways that we can nurture ourselves. To me, it really like junky spy novel or silly <laughs> silly chiclet book and a hot bath like beets mm-hmm. pie or cookies or ice cream any day of the week mm-hmm. and so I what I did to take care of myself during that time I actually put I realized that in order to pull this off and make sure that I saved my son's life that I had really three things I needed to be there for my son I needed to make this book a massive success And in order to do that, I had to put my health above the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I put my health on top of everything. No, you know, no, no room for error. I made sure I was getting eight hours of sleep every night. I was doing stuff to help with stress. I called, I called out all my friends. So people were bringing me supplements for stress. I had, someone was bringing me homemade chicken soup. I had Dr. Hyla Cass, who's like a well-known brain doc, was making me organic chicken kale soup. Amazing. (laughs) I'm like, thank you. Uh, Yes. And, um, and so I had incredible people that I just let take care of me, which I'd never done before. And I just made sure I was like, people are like, what should I bring? I'm like salmon, vegetables, you know, I just Mm -hmm. ate well. I found a gym close by. I was running the hospital stairs. I did what I needed to do to take extreme care of myself because I knew that the only way I was going to be able to show up the way I needed to was with that is if I was healthy. Like you can't go into an ICU sick. You, no. They won't let you in, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. I, there's been, you know, there's been so many times in my life where if something, there's been huge things or massive challenges or, you know, there was a point where my husband and I lost everything. And one of the main things that we said was, what do we have? Like, let's just focus on our health. Let's just make sure that we're always, you know, maintaining the highest energy because we knew that if we just had the highest level of energy, that that's where, that's what all, you know, makes it happen anyway. That's, that's, what's going to pull you through. That's, what's going to create, that's, what's going to help heal. So, 
I mean, if, if you guys are, you know, take one thing from this amazing podcast, it's, it's what you just said that you put yourself, you had to put your health first. That's so amazing. And I really want that kale chicken soup. (laughs) (laughs) So if people want to really start their, they just want to start changing their mindset, where would you tell them to start? So read the book, read Miracle Mindset. Actually, um, you can watch the movie at miraclemindset.com for free. Mm. But, you know, dive into the book. But honestly, I think the easiest thing, I always challenge people because I love to give people little wins right away. And one of the easiest ways to start getting little wins in your life is to shift your mindset. And, you know, it's, I, I don't know how to think my way through things. It's, you really want to move with action. And I love little hinges that swing big doors. So that jam that I talked about where you start the day in gratitude, you send some appreciation out during the day, and you end the day with the little miracle. I challenge people to do that for five days because at the end of five days, you just, you realize that like we get bogged down in the little silliest stuff, you know, just like this drama that doesn't matter, you know, Mm -hmm. um, And that you just start to see that things, you know, it's like that you can handle stuff. And I think that's the biggest takeaway because to me, I look at life now and I go, life really is like you just described with what went on with your husband that in most situations would have broken a a marriage up Mm -hmm. and it probably just made you guys stronger. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because I went through this with my ex-husband and, and Grant and Bryce and um, I'm engaged. We're getting married in a couple months, but we're, Congrats. we're like, my ex-husband and my two sons were over at our house for Mother's Day with my fiance. Awesome. You know, we all, it's all, it's all fantastic because it <laughs> made us all stronger and it really is how you show up. And what's cool there is if you build your mindset, you accept that your mindset's a muscle so you can build it and develop it. You can become more courageous. You can build resilience you can go through forgiveness, you know, you can be open to possibility, you can do all of this stuff, it will help you show up. And that's really what life's about is how we show up, how we handle things. Mm. JJ, thank you so much for being on today. Where can we find you and follow you besides where you just gave us for the book? So easiest is jjvirgin.com. And that's where I have all my Mm -hmm. stuff, my social media and podcasts and all the all the fun stuff we do. I just want to say I'm grateful for you and I'm really grateful that you decided semi-forced into sharing, <laughs> into sharing this story because I know it's going to impact so many people. So thank you so much for just this amazing conversation and your story. Thank you. I super appreciate you getting it out there. For sure. And I always end on one last question. So if you are in an elevator, it's only like a 30 second elevator ride with someone and they look over at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? I'd say do your jam. Mm. I'm going to say it again, especially getting, especially the number one most powerful thing is to start the day in gratitude shifts everything. Amen. I love that. And you guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be 
absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.